With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM Wednesday edition coming to you live from Circa Resort and Casino. T-minus one day and counting to the NBA draft now. Who knows what that might mean, not only for the draftees, but some of the NBA's biggest stars. We got plenty of baseball today with Major League Baseball, the College World Series ongoing in Omaha, and plenty of football news and notes like we do every day. Stormy Bonantoni and Jonathan Von Tobel on the desk like we always are on a Wednesday. Uh, Michael Lombardi out today. But I wanted to make sure we also said happy anniversary to he and Millie on this lovely oh, day. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Dope. I'm sure he's got some tomahawk steaks or something like that going I'll tonight. tell you this. Uh, Millie, one time when I was doing the trips, the uh, trips out to Atlantic City, I got to visit the Lombardi abode. Uh, Millie actually cooked steaks and a wonderful dinner. It was awesome. Oh, so I'm very I'm sure, jealous. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that they were great. Actually, it's not a very great memory because it was the night that Andrew Luck got eliminated by the Kansas City Chiefs. So it was the last game I ever watched of Andrew Luck. It was in Michael Lombardi's living room. It's a bittersweet moment, uh, but very much happy anniversary to those two. Very, very nice people. Incredible how you can tie memories like that together, though. It's a lasting impression on you. I'm so sorry. Uh, I mean, yeah, I thought it was the future. Last time. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Like, Andrew Luck at the playoffs is going to be a regular thing. And it's actually now one of the saddest things I've ever remembered. Oh, lots to cover over the course of the next two hours here on the Lombardi line in about 30 minutes. Our guy, Thor Nystrom, college football analyst, bettingpros.com, going to stop by. Also in hour two, Harry Gagnon, Against All Odds podcast, former sportsbook supervisor, get his daily picks for the day. But let's start with the NBA. You are a resident senior NBA betting analyst here at VEASAN. And what we know is at least that the NBA draft will be tomorrow night and that the French phenom Victor Wembanyama is going to go number one overall to the San Antonio Spurs. We also know that there has been a lot of odds movement over the last yeah. 24 hours for who will go number two. Yes. Uh, this, so th- for those that have been tracking this, and it's funny, I ran into Mitch Moss in the garage on my way in, and we were talking about this. Last night was fascinating. And just over the last 24 hours, as you mentioned, so let's let's go back. I, I, can't, I have to remember. So today's Wednesday, so let's go back to Monday night. Monday night, Stormy. Um, Jonathan Gavoni, ESPN NBA analyst, mm-hmm. goes on SportsCenter and reports w- two things. One, that Brandon Miller's status had kind of been solidified after a workout on Monday. For those who don't know, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, worked out one last time for the Charlotte Hornets on Monday. I think it was the second or the third time that they had worked out, either way, multiple times that they've worked out with the Hornets, and that workout went well for Brandon Miller. Uh, so he solidifies his status. The other, and this is important later down the road, Cam Whitmore, Villanova forward, had been sliding down the draft. He's a very important piece. But in terms of Miller... That gets reported Monday night. 
Tuesday morning, Gavoni comes out with his latest mock draft, the one closest, of course, to the draft itself. Reports again, Miller solidified his status in the, in the mock draft, uh, that it looks like he's going to be the guy. Market doesn't move, by the way. In either of these events, we're still sitting at Scoot Henderson about minus 150 to be the second overall pick. And I'm like... So okay. are you repeatedly buying in on the plus money prices? Yeah, because yeah, like, I, well, I, I do have... I have a nice plus price on Brandon Miller from uh, like about a month and a half, two months ago. So I, I didn't really re-up because I, I like where I'm at. And there's still a chance that all this is wrong, right? So I didn't really want to uh, really double down on it. But I'm sitting here looking at this like, all right, we're getting really solid information that this is going to be the pick, but nothing's really happening. Then at about 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, our time, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski goes on SportsCenter yep. and reports the big report that's out there now, which is he solidified his statuses. But the crazy thing is the market still does not move for like two or three hours until that clip of Wojnarowski, which was two hours Starts old. going on social. Exactly. So that's like, wild. I, I was tracking it all day. I was fascinated by it. I went on Tim's show, uh, VEASAN Primetime, and I told him at that point, Tim's got a picture of me on Twitter. I'm holding my phone up to the camera. I'm like, Scoot Henderson's still minus 150 here, and I don't understand what's happening. And sure enough, from the time I was on Tim's show up until today, we have seen it go from Scoot Henderson minus 150 to go second overall to now in some spots, Brandon Miller is minus 500 yeah. to be the second overall pick. We see minus 400 over at DraftKings. So just the tracking of the odds is wild. And there is an underlying story here, which I think explains some of the delay. Remember what happened last year. Adrian Wojnarowski went on SportsCenter and emphatically reported that Jabari Smith mm -hmm. Jr. was going to be the top selection. Last time I checked, Jabari Smith Jr. was not a member of the Orlando Magic, right? He got that one wrong. So maybe there's some hesitancy to buy in, and I can kind of understand it. But Adrian Wojnarowski is also a guy that, out of 1,000 reports, has he gotten 997 correct? Right. You know? So, like, I would think that one blemish doesn't eliminate a massive track record of accuracy when it comes to the reporting. So... Watching this in the way that it was delayed and sitting there and feeling like, what's the line from Anchorman? Like, I felt like I was taking crazy pills. Like, I'm like, I have to be missing something. Like, what am I missing in terms of a report? And ultimately not the case, because here we are. But as you can tell, it was a very exciting few hours last night. I was trying to watch something with my wife, and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just like, I'm really I'm refreshing the odds because right. I want to see what's going on. It was crazy yesterday. But when a clip like that of somebody who is so notable does kind of run rampant on social yeah. media, that's, it's interesting that that's kind of what ultimately flipped the switch. Not only that there were multiple reports in it being on national television, but it took a Twitter clip right. for it to really start to happen. And you see the odds we've referenced a couple times here, but yesterday at 9 a.m. Eastern, Scoot Henderson, a minus 250 favorite. And then this morning um, at the same time, it Brandon Miller, a $4 favorite, yep. and incredible how quickly things do shift. Um, and also, like, Brandon Miller largely seemed to be the guy that was talked about early mm -hmm. on with the Charlotte Hornets, and after those initial workouts, apparently Scoot Henderson blew people away, whereas yep. Brandon Miller was just kind of average and didn't live up quite to their expectations of him, and that narrative has flipped in the recent workouts where Michael Jordan was there. Yeah, and one of the constants that you heard about Miller was his conditioning. However, we have to remember that it was also reported that he was dealing with mono in the pre-draft right, process. Right, exactly. So, can, I, I've never suffered from mono, but I feel like that probably affects your conditioning to a certain extent when you're sick like that. So, I, I think that's part of the thing that has been reported in terms of the negativity around Miller. And I think the other part of this, where you maybe saw some hes uh, hesitancy in the market, was the fact that there were trade rumors that the Charlotte Hornets were maybe going to deal that second overall pick. Mm -hmm. And the team that kept getting named was the New Orleans Pelicans. And the New Orleans Pelicans were trading up for one guy, and that was going to be Scoot Henderson. So maybe that's why you saw some hesitancy. But I was even listening. Um, uh, Brian Windhorst had a podcast this morning. By the way, podcasts and, and reports, they're all your best friends around this time. <laughs> you need as much information as you possibly can. Um, 
but it does sound like more and more that the Charlotte Hornets are going to make a draft pick here unless they're blown away by a massive offer. So if that's going to be the case, it looks like it's going to be Brandon Miller. So is the price accurate right about now? Sure. And it's also interesting to see, again, the effects of Wojnarowski's incorrect report last year, Stormy. Mm -hmm. At this time last year, when I was talking to Mitch, he made a great point. When he reported that Jabari Smith Jr. was going to be the first overall pick, Jabari Smith Jr. went to like minus 1,000, mm -hmm. maybe a little bit higher to be the first overall pick. Now here, we're only seeing minus 400. So there is still that hesitancy mm -hmm. to like fully buy in on what this report's going to be for Brandon Miller going number two. So you mentioned the, at the time, potential trade talks with the Charlotte Hornets. Now let's go to three um, and look at huh. the Blazers, who the I'm rumor... I'm need a cigarette <laughs> to talk about this one. So the rumor mill was running rampant um, with the Zion Williamson talk. We've also seen reports now that they could keep the pick and are working on a trade package for Bam Adebayo from the Miami Heat. What do you think the Blazers ultimately end up doing with this third pick? Well, here's the thing. So there's there's a lot of different names that have been thrown out there. The one that I don't think, I've read multiple reports on this, and it hasn't really garnered a lot of traction, but it still involves Portland trading out, uh, is Pascal Siakam out of, out of Toronto. You know, it's, been, it's been named multiple times now. Raphael Barlow, who works over at NBA Big Board, uh, who does a tremendous job, very much worth subscribing to. We've had him on the pod a couple of times as well. Uh, reported that as well, or, or talked about the fact that that's in league circles, that Toronto might be looking to retool a little bit here. And part of doing that, because if they're going to lose Fred Van Vliet, because remember, he declined his player option, and they have a hold of point guard now, would maybe, maybe to move up and acquire a point guard that could be available in Scoot Henderson. And so that could be the case. So I think they are going to try to trade this. I know Bam Adebayo has been the big sexy name, but I will say I think Siakam's got more like oomph to it. So again, Portland not making that selection, but it's still being Scoot Henderson. And the other one, that has popped up now. And this is the second time that this has been out there. This report came out, I want to say, back at the beginning of March. No, not March. I think it was actually at the end of the season. It's so probably like April-ish, somewhere around there, um, the beginning of May. Uh, but Paul George. Paul George and Los mm -hmm. Angeles Clippers, there was a rumor at the very end of their season that that was maybe something that they were looking to do was to flip Paul George to Portland. And we're hearing that yet again around this time. So maybe where there's smoke, there's fire. But I, I'm, I'm very interested to see this because I believe, Stormy, like if I were team building – I'm telling Dame, see it, man. Like really? it's because it's just you don't we don't match up anymore. I, I if I trade you, if I'm the Portland Trailblazers, right? And we thank you for your service. You've been awesome. But if I trade you away, I'm getting whatever I'm getting back from there. I'm getting or you would assume Scoot Henderson at number three. I have Anthony Simons. I've got Shaden Sharp. I've got Nasir Little. Like these are all really young guys that we can build our core around. That's an awesome jumpstart to a rebuild that you can have if you're Portland instead of the thread that they, or excuse me, the, the phrase they keep using is trying to thread the needle while building while also competing. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. But it does sound like they're going to hit their heads against the wall and try to make this work. So I would assume by Thursday that this this pick is. It's not going to be in somebody else's hands because the new league year doesn't start, so blah, blah, blah. But the rights to Scoot Henderson will be traded off to somebody else. Okay. So I wasn't sure, like, all of the, the stuff coming out of Damian Lillard specifically with him saying that he wants to be there, I wasn't mm -hmm. sure if that's just playing the game and saying the right things yeah. for the team that you're on that you've obviously been a marquee piece and staple of in your career. but Or if you're just, you know, if you actually want to be there and you want to continue to get another piece alongside you and build and see what Portland can do next year. Cause they didn't expect to have the number three overall right. pick in this year's draft. Like this is very unique that they're in this situation right now. hundred percent. That's why I think it changes the math. Like if the second that Portland got the third overall pick, if I'm in that front office, I'm going, all right, let's find a spot <laughs> for Dane. Cause like that changes everything. It changes everything. Cause you know exactly what's going to go. Number one, you know, you're going to have a choice between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson with that third overall pick. 
It just doesn't make sense from a team-building standpoint to do this because here's the other thing that doesn't make sense. Who are they getting that is making them an NBA Finals contender? It just doesn't compute. Like, Bam Adebayo is a good player. Bam and Dame don't equate to an NBA Finals champion. Pascal Siakam's a really good player. Pascal Siakam and Dame don't equate to a championship to a player or to a winner. Like, I just, I don't see what the deal is out there that makes you a legitimate title contender. Maybe win a series, but I don't know about winning a final. So if you had to say right now, um, first tip off next year, Damian Lillard is playing on X team, fill in the blank. I don't think it's the right move, but I'll say Portland. Okay. Yeah, I did, by the way, and I said, I hate the move, 100%. I did bet them at 125 to one to win the NBA final. Oh, <laughs> of course you did. Well, okay, that's going to change. <laughs> that, that number is going to, it was literally just a number grab. Right. I feel like they're going to grab somebody and the market will overreact. They don't believe okay. that's actually something that's going to happen. <laughs> the Blazers on the odds board, by the way, minus 175 favorite to maintain Damian Lillard going into next season. So that is the favor. We're going to take a quick break back here on the Lombardi line next. Don't go anywhere. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Wrapping up some of our thoughts ahead of the NBA draft taking place tomorrow night. We talked about a lot of the odds movement and what Mm -hmm. we expect to have happen with those first three picks, but there's still a lot more that could go on tomorrow night and some bets potentially to be made based on where some of these markets are at. So as far as numbers that are available right now, what stands out to you? So I think there's a couple. Let's go to number five, which is interesting, the fifth overall pick. James Edwards, who covers the Detroit Pistons for the Athletic, has kind of been on this thing for a while now, that the Detroit Pistons 
uh, you know, we have the Thompson twins, Amen and Asar, mm -hmm. uh, that the Detroit Pistons actually have Asar ahead of Amen. And in fact, they might have him on the top of their big board. He, he's reported this now multiple times. So what does that mean? Well, that means that maybe at number five, Asar Thompson is going to find his name called. So the Thompson twins could get drafted consecutively there in those picks. Why that matters, Asar Thompson's draft position is five and a half, shaded to the over at minus 220. So if he's going to go at number five, that means under five and a half and plus 175 might be worth looking at. To be drafted in the top five, Asar Thompson, again, plus 175. If you wanted to go exact pick number in terms of fifth overall, again, for Asar Thompson, you can get plus 225. If we're believing the intel that James Edwards, who covers the Pistons, he's done it for a while, does a really good job with it, says that Asar Thompson is at the top of their list in terms of guys that they would want. So I think that's definitely there. I think one other name to keep an eye on as well and again, I'm sorry I'm looking because I want to make sure these numbers are accurate. So one of the names that has I, – I haven't seen leak into the top ten in any way, shape, or form is the sharpshooter out of Kansas, Grady Dick. Um, he's He's been mocked to number 11 almost every single mock draft I've seen or higher. Uh, Atlanta has landed him in a couple of mock drafts I've seen, but I've never really seen him land inside of the top ten, not in a single mock draft. No bit of intel has said he could be a top ten pick. Bring that up because he is at 10.5 shaded to the over at minus 300. Uh, that is a bet that I did make. I made it at minus 250, so it's 50 cents higher now. But you've seen no intel that would change the course there in terms of Grady Dick going inside of the top 10. So you'd be betting against that. I definitely think that's worth looking at in terms of the current numbers as it stands. And I'll give you one last one that might be worth looking at. Uh, I mentioned Raphael Barlow, who works over at NBA Big Board. He has explicitly reported that the Utah Jazz are really in on Victor Webinyama's teammate, Bilal Koulibaly, um, out mm -hmm. of the Metropolitan 92s. And the Jazz pick at 9, they pick at 16. Uh, it has been reported by Barlow that 9 is the spot where the Utah Jazz are going to get Bilal Koulibaly. Uh, I got him at 10-1 to 1 to go tenth uh, to go ninth overall. He's still there at 5-1 to 1 to go ninth overall. I still think that's worth it, especially if that intel is accurate that he's going to be there at 9. I know our guy Sean King here at the network was trying to bet him top 10, so that'll make yep. him happy if that ends up Yeah, you can give him a plus 190. Yeah, I know Kelly, that's the way Kelly went. Mm -hmm. uh, Kelly Bidlin, our, our cohort here at, at VEASAN, who I do the podcast with, Instead of betting specifically number nine, he just bet him as a top 10 because there's been a lot of guys that have been rising throughout this process. Uh, Bilal Koulibaly is one of them. Taylor Hendricks at a UCF is another one of them. Um, some of these guys, you know, there's been guys on the back end of the first round that have risen in there, but those are two names that have definitely improved their status in the pre-draft process. Still makes me laugh that dating back to the actual NBA draft lottery selection day mm -hmm. that Brian Windhorst was out there in France. Talking to Victor Wembignana. For two questions. Like one, two questions. That was it. <laughs> yeah. And his microphone wasn't even working too, which makes it that much more unfortunate. But, but that he says, like, what are the San Antonio Spurs getting in you? Yep. Because it's that obvious. So you really want, honestly, if we're being serious, the best bet to make, if you've got the bank, the bankroll, is Victor Wembignana to go number if one. If only I had the bankroll. It's, the, the fact that he's still available at minus 20,000, that, that, that implies a 99.9% .9 apply. No, it is a 100% fact. You know, I even saw somebody, like, I get it because we're all kind of getting into this. There was somebody who tweeted out, like, oh, he could tear his ACL. Like, yes, they'd still draft him. He could blow both of them out, and they would still draft him. As I've said multiple times, he gets kidnapped by aliens. They're taking his rights in case he comes back. Like, it is crazy that this is still available at minus 20,000. And we saw, I don't know if you saw the report uh, yesterday. I think it was our, our own DraftKings that reported that somebody did put down $60,000 wow. to win $300 on Victor Wembanyama to go first overall. Like, that's 
Yeah, I was going to say something. I just, that is, that is a very the smart The close you can get to, to guaranteeing yourself a profit. Right. Even if it's only $300. Yes, but... he is, he's having his name called number one. <laughs> like you said, when they, when he got, when they got the pick, when, when horse opening question, what are the Spurs getting? Yep. It's not even like a, if they do it. No, it's, it's wild. Man. Also for as incredible a specimen as he is when it comes to his NBA potential and the wingspan and mm -hmm. the two-way ability, all of these things, terrible at throwing a baseball. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. That was pretty – look, hand-eye coordination is a thing, but when you're that big and your hand's that big, it's probably really hard to feel it when it's leaving. Uh, it was abysmal if you're look looking at it. Look at how small that baseball yeah, let's see is this. in his hand, Let's though. see this. Yeah, this is, this is really bad. And he's probably <laughs> never thrown a baseball before. And this is the shot that gets you. By the way, I mean, I don't know. Clip your fingernails a little bit. <laughs> Think about that. Like, proportionately, his fingernails are probably very long compared to what ours are usually like. That's, I wonder, so I have, um, I'm a very tall person, but I have like very like scrawny fingers. So they're I wonder. They're very long fingers though. They're like long, they're skeletor like. Um, and so I, I always get fascinated by the size of other people's fingers. Like my pinky is so tiny compared What's to most people's. What's your ring people's. size? Uh, small. I mean, small. No, there's it's a like number. a five. I was going to say, there's, like, there's a number attached. Uh, I don't, I don't remember. I, I don't remember. I don't do that kind of thing. I, this is the only ring I've ever purchased oh, well, I, in my life. And I didn't purchase it. I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah, you probably <laughs> didn't buy that, but okay. All right. Never mind. But you, you pass, you pass. good segue to baseball though, because we do have 15 games today. Two of them are going on as we speak, both scoreless uh, in the Orioles and Rays and Blue Jays and Marlins right now. The, uh, we have what? Three more that'll have first pitch during our show today, then two right as we wrap Lombardi line. So a lot going on. One of those games, though, including the Colorado Rockies and Cincinnati Reds. Reds with a chance to push their win streak to 11 games. They have not won as a franchise 11 straight since 1940. Would be incredible for them to get it done today. And they are a significant favorite to do so. Minus 225 on the money line. Minus 115 on the run line. Total in this game set at 9.5. That one is at the Great American ballpark any just initial thoughts pitching matchup matchup Andrew Abbott taking on Greg Bird today uh no nothing crazy I will say this you know the Cincinnati Reds have done a really good job I don't want to I don't want to say their lineup is stacked but it is it is a very I think firm lineup we'll call it like you go throughout it and you see a lot of guys who are very good performers uh, and who have done really really well this season even guys got like you know TJ Friedel's been in and out of the lineup because of injury and whatnot but even a guy like Friedel who's coming in he's batting like two or excuse me 333 on the season, he's been doing it for a while. Should be 322. Uh, Spencer Steer has been awesome for them at first. And then, of course, we know that Ellie De La Cruz has been phenomenal in his time up. And I like this team, I think, in the grand scheme of things, are they legit? No. But in a division that absolutely stinks, uh, they're absolutely a team that should be respected. And you're seeing the market really come around. The fact that they're $2.25 favorites mm -hmm. here today, I get that the, the Rockies uh, have their issues. But you are definitely see a power rating jump here uh, in the Cincinnati Reds. So I think we're at the point right now because they're at the peak of their winning streak, because they're at the peak of the market value, I think you're actually looking to either play against them or don't do anything at all because you're really buying at the top of the mm -hmm. market right now with Cincinnati. For sure. Uh, any of these other early games, though, that pique your interest? We've got Cubs-Pirates, Royals-Tigers, both of them starting within the next hour. Um, Diamondbacks, Brewers, Mets, Astros, I think could be interesting too. Houston minus 145 favorite today in that one. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Chicago, the same, same division. Cause Kyle Hendricks is going to get the start here for the Chicago Cubs. Very quietly. The Cubs have been freaking awesome. Like they've been playing really good baseball. They come in, they won the first two of the series against the Pittsburgh pirates. They dropped the last one of their series with the Baltimore Orioles, but they still won that one. And they have won now at this point. I think it is seven out of their last eight 
and uh, nine out of the last 10, or excuse me, nine out of the last 11. They've been playing really good baseball. This lineup is really exciting. It's got a lot of pop to it. Hendricks, as we noted, is actually performing really well. And Hendricks is a guy that I've had a little bit of trouble with in the past for me, only that like his, the way he pitches uh, tends to cause, I think, a lot of noise with some of the metrics. So for example, he's got a 286 ERA, a 496 expected fielding independent, but he's a guy who pitches the contact, doesn't really drive a lot of strikeouts. And so when you're giving up contact quite a bit, I think that kind of creates some noise in terms of your expected numbers because they're seeing that you're giving up contact, but you're doing it as part of getting your guys out. And so I think overall, Hendricks is a pretty solid guy that you want to go to bat with, especially when you're talking about the way that this Cubs lineup can perform here against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So I think the Cubs, and this is one where you're not really seeing that market shift as much as we are with the Cincinnati Reds because they're the sexy team while the Cubs here, just about a pick on the road against Pittsburgh. I wouldn't say no to them at all. First pitch there, 9.35 Pacific, 12.35 Eastern. Uh, I know you always love an opportunity to talk about the Angels. Oh, Were you at least excited? I was going to text you the other day. Come all? on. <laughs> I'm sure. Were you at least excited at all, though, to hear the GM say if you guys are in contention, there's no plans to trade Shohei? Shohei, by the way, on the mound later tonight as well. You want a real answer? Sure. No. They were, he was Does never nothing. he was never going Does anywhere. nothing for you. Because here's the thing. Even if but they it's were, newsworthy because he said it this but, week. But but even if they were, I'm telling look at me right now. Even if they were seven games under 500, he's not going anywhere. Artie Moreno would not do it. It's the smart choice to make, but they're not going to do it. Now, I do think they're a playoff team. And if they get to the playoffs and maybe you win a game or two and heck, maybe win a series, dare I say? Because Mike Trout, very quietly, Mike Trout's actually hitting the ball pretty well over the last week or two. Um, you think you can maybe make that playoff push and convince Shohei to stick around. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. But, yeah, I'm not too too surprised by it. Angels currently five games back of the AOS leading Texas Rangers. How many games over? An AL wild card spot. And minus 145 favorite today against the Dodgers with Shohei on the hill. Total in that one sitting eight and a half. We're going to step aside when we come back. Talk some college football with Thor Nystrom of bettingpros.com. You won't want to miss it. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's always football season here at VSEN, which is why we're giving you our 2023 NFL guide early this year. Coming out June 29th, our NFL betting guide is going to help you get ahead of everything this upcoming season. We've got in-depth profiles for each team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends, plus best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and reserve our copy of the guide or take advantage of the summer kickoff special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only 175 bucks. Sign up today at vcin.com. And when you get everything we do, that means you get all of the guides, all of the vcin.com access as well. And um, in addition to the NFL, we'll have a college football betting guide that's coming out relatively soon as well. And we'll talk some college football now because the week zero is going to be here before we know it. August 26th, seven games, just over two months away to help us break down some of the angles for betting this season and, and specifically looking at the Big Ten and the big picture. Let's bring in Thor Nystrom, college football analyst for Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros at Thor KU on Twitter. Thanks for doing this, Thor. It's never too early, right, to get in some of these markets. Never too early. I, I I love when we kick over in the summer to college football. I've already started diving in. So, yeah, excited to talk about it. 
I'm slowly but surely doing like my conference breakdowns one at a time. And I, I know that you've approached things in a similar way at times. And so let's start with the Big Ten Conference because there are a couple studs atop this league like there are year in and year out. It feels like Michigan's claimed the Big Ten crown uh, each of the last 10 years over Ohio State. But it's the Buckeyes who are a slight favorite in the league despite not having C.J. Stroud anymore. So how will this offense look with a new quarterback? As far as the top two teams go right now, who do you give the edge to? Yeah, I, I disagree with the odds. I, I think Michigan should be favored. I think this is the best Michigan team of the last three, and the last two made the college football playoff. And obviously, they've given Ohio State a lot of problems. Ohio State just lost C.J. Stroud. McCord, the kid who's coming in to play quarterback, is a total unknown. Ohio State didn't do what some of these other, for instance, Alabama, some of these other big programs have done when they they have to go to an unknown. They buy some veteran insurance. Alabama went out in the spring. They brought in Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame. At least, I'm not a big Tyler Buckner guy, but at least they bought some insurance. Ohio State's sort of walking into the unknown here. They do have uh, a lot of skill talent, obviously. Travion Henderson had the down year last year. They do have Mayan Williams as insurance on him. They do have the best receiving core in America. Can McCord get them the ball? We're going to have to see on that. But Michigan is just well-rounded everywhere. You have McCarthy coming back. You have the best running back room in America. Blake Corum might be the best running back in America. Donovan Edwards, if he was on any other team, he might be in the running for that designation. Both those guys are going to be top five running backs that are taken in the next draft. They're both mega studs. And Michigan's very good in the trenches on both sides of the ball. They have a lot of guys returning, 13 or 14 starters. I, I really like that team. And I think that might have been one of the reasons that the Harbaugh's came back. You know, you remember back to in January, there was all that smoke of the Harbaugh's were talking to all these different teams and different stuff like that in the NFL. They decided to come back. It was like that fire got extinguished just, you know, like all of a sudden. I think it's because they're coming back to win a title. I, I like Michigan to win the Big Ten this year. Hard to win the Big Ten when you take a loss on September 9th, UNLV. But, uh, <laughs> hey, it is what it is. Um, uh, so, I, I'll ask you a general question. I also wanted to make another joke about Ty Buckner being, like, the equivalent of the general car insurance because it's not really that great. But uh, I'm all, yeah, I'm, exactly. all, I'm just in a good mood this morning. Uh, all yeah. right, let me ask you this. General question. So, you mentioned that you think that Michigan should be the favorite in this uh, conference. How tight at this point are some of these markets? Because market shapers like yourself and others are already picking these things apart. They're betting conferences. They're betting games of the year. Is there still value left to be had? I know it's surprising for some. Like, what are you talking about? It's June 21st. But there are guys like you and others who are picking at these things since all the way back at the beginning of May. 1,000%. Yeah. Uh, especially like a market like this, they're, they're, and especially in college football, there's absolutely value to be had throughout the board. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that there is for sure. Um, a team that I'm really high on in this league this year is Penn State. Uh, I know you think that Michigan can be really, really good, but I think this could be the best team that uh, Senor Franklin has had since they won the Big Ten championship game uh, years ago. I genuinely don't think that they're that far behind Ohio State and Michigan. Am I crazy to believe that? You're not, no. Um, 14 returning starters. They also have a super easy non-conference schedule. I'm looking at their schedule now. West Virginia, Delaware, and UMass. They also avoid Wisconsin and Minnesota on the other side. I happen to believe, uh, be a believer in Drew Allaire, the quarterback who's coming in. The, the quarterbacks that Franklin has had at Penn State, they're like the solid guy, the, I guess, low ceiling, high floor guys, you know, McSorley and Clifford where it's been like, you know, the get you over guys and they don't make mistakes, but they, they don't have the high ceilings. Now you're going to the high ceiling guy. And, and, and I think that's what elevates Penn State now, where now people are talking about them being dangerous. 
They also have a stud running back now in Singleton, where Penn State struggled to run the ball for several years. You, you have the stud in Singleton now, and the offensive line is going to be awesome. Fashanu came back. Fashanu was probably the guy that shocked the NFL the most, that they thought he was going to go into the draft, and he came back, their mm -hmm. left tackle. And they got some defenders as well. So, yeah, I mean, Penn State is scary there as well. Um, I like for me, Penn State is is close to Ohio State there. I, I do like Michigan to win the, the conference, like I said, but Penn State is nipping at the heels of both of them. Um, they, they're right in it. And yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't be stunning if, if Penn State was there in the end. For me, Penn State, their year is 2024 okay. when because Michigan is going to have a lot of losses after this coming season. And I think, you know, all air that will be, you know, th then he'll have his second year as the starter. Singleton will be back, stuff like that. But yeah, Penn State is coming on for sure. Uh, let's go to Iowa. Just a your hat is giving you away. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, are we are we getting an okay. offense that operates at a 1999 level, or what are we looking at here with this offense for Iowa? Do we see any evolution here for the Hawkeyes? Yeah, th that's the fascinating question with them because obviously Iowa loses a metric ton on defense. Uh, Jack Campbell, all the diff Riley Moss, all the different dudes they lost on defense, and a guy the guys that had st started for multiple years were leaders for multiple years. So you assume that there's going to be the drop-off, but then they go out, they sign Cade McNamara from Michigan. They sign Eric all from Michigan. They got a receiver from Ohio state that, that's going to start immediately. So they went out and did all this stuff on offense. Plus, like you guys know, Brian Ferentz was under all kinds of fire, justifiably so for how rancid the offense was last year. Enough, uh, enough. So where he had to sign a new contract with stipulations for points scored a part of the reason, you know, I mean, it was both the personnel that they had, but also just the general strategy of the Ferences on offense, where the way they play offense, it's to set up their defense and their special teams. Now, because of this points uh, scored per game, the incentives in Brian Ferentz's contract, they can't do that anymore. They actually, when they have the ball, they actually have to try to score or else Brian Ferentz ain't going to be there anymore. And Kirk doesn't want to have to fire his son. So they're actually going to have to play offense now. I think you're certainly going to see a bit of a drop off on defense, but I would like, you know, from uh, number two, I think by the efficiency last year, they were number two to only Georgia. They're going to fall maybe to 12, 13. You don't see Iowa falling much further than that. And, and they got guys back like Cooper Dijon is one of the best def defensive backs in America. They, they have guys like that, but the offense, you're going to see that thing jump up from in efficiency last year is like 120. That thing could absolutely jump up to middle of the road and maybe even a little bit better, that's a precipitous jump up. So I'm not I'm not convinced that Iowa's going to be worse than they were last year. They might even be better. Any of these other teams that are either like middle of the row or lower echelon in the conference you think can exceed expectations, like Wisconsin first year under Luke Fickle, um, could Minnesota uh, have a little bit more success this year despite what they lost? What do you think? Yeah, Wisconsin, the books seem to be bullish on them. Um, so, like, you know, at, at the win total they're at, I, I can't be bullish on them. Like, I, I obviously, I, I love the coaching staff that they brought in. But if that win total's at nine, I'm not sure that I can I, I would be able to bet that over in, in good conscience. One of the teams that I, I like the over on is Michigan State. I understand why people are out on them because of what Mel Tucker's done the last couple of years. But they have more talent than that win total is sort of indicating to you. And I just can't believe that Mel Tucker is going to keep stubbing his toes. So I, I think Michigan State is going to be back in a bowl game this year. That would be one that I would point to. I also, uh, Northwestern at three and a half, that would probably be an over for me too. Um, 
Like, I, I think they're going to get to four or five wins. Uh, they br brought in a couple transfers that I like. Ben Bryant is a kid who has started for multiple years, uh, st a couple different programs as well. I'm um, taking over a quarterback. They had rancid quarterback play last year. So, so that's another over that I like there. Those would be a couple that I would toss out. Minnesota is a tough proposition because they lost a whole bunch on both sides of the ball and, and they're still sitting at six and a half. They're going to be right around that number on, on one side of the ledger to the other. Got about 45 seconds left with you here. So big picture. If you had to pick next year's national champion and Heisman winner, who do you got on your radar right now? I would have to go chalk uh, with the the Heisman, go Caleb Williams. My uh, a couple long shots for people out there. I really like Penix as a long shot. Their their schedule is not great, and the good teams they're playing, it's all going to be shootouts. You know, like the yeah. USC game and some of those other Pac-12 teams. It's it's all going to be shootouts. Jaden Daniels is another long shot I would toss out because I don't think some of those top high end SEC teams. I think they're going to suffer losses. I, I, like Georgia, I, I'm not sure that I, I love them to go undefeated in the regular season, stuff like that. I, I like LSU. Um, I'll just toss out LSU and Michigan as my national title game. Ooh, fun. I love it. No three-peat for the Georgia Bulldogs. Great stuff, Thor. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you all. Yeah, we'll have to get him on again as we continue to go through each of these conferences getting set for college football to get underway in August. We are going to stick with football, but the NFL when we return on the Lombardi line. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Calling all BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn 50 bucks in bonus bets when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account. Click on the Refer a Friend program and send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, you'll both receive a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Stormy Bon and Tony and Jonathan Von Tobel. 
With you live from Las Vegas, Circa Resort and Casino as the Lombardi line rolls on. couple quick score updates for you. The Rays now lead the Orioles 2-0. Blue Jays up 5-0 in the bottom of the second right now with one on. And the Rockies take an early 1-0 lead against the Reds as they get things started off in the first. Turn our attention to the NFL. Um, not a ton of news today with the exception of a star wide receiver in a little bit of trouble here. Um, Tyreek Hill under police investigation on allegations of assault battery at a Miami Beach Marina. He'll allegedly hit a Marina employee during a disagreement that took place on Sunday. That employee reportedly has declined to press charges. The Dolphins via statement said they're aware of the situation. They've been in contact with Hill, his representatives, as well as the NFL, but are reserving further comment as this time. For a guy that has a history of violent behavior already, mm. is this concerning for you going into this season? I mean, I think, I, yeah. I think it's 100% yeah, right? You had mentioned the guy's got a history. So we'll see. No charges pressed, so we'll probably uh, let this thing go away. Maybe the league gets involved in some extent. I would not think it's going to be a suspension if no charges are pressed. But then again, the league has a history itself of overstepping its bounds and doing something like this. So uh, maybe with the history, do you get actually something of substance, be it a game? Um, don't know. And I would never say no. So I think yeah. this is at least very much keeping in the back of our mind as we kind of move forward here to see whether or not the NFL is actually going to get involved. Because I think that's what we're waiting for, right? If anything's going to happen, it would be what the NFL is going to do here, if anything. It's crazy because you just get through all of these mandatory minicamps. I, I feel like it shouldn't be a fear, but that's got to be a fear in every organization around this time when everybody's going on vacations and they're doing different things where they're not at the facility then mm. what's going to go wrong? What's going to happen? And you have something like this pop up. Yeah. I mean, it's look, you can also just be a mature adult. That's something that really helps. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know if Visa, I'm, I'm leaving out of town actually tomorrow. I don't know if Visa's worried that I'm going to go out in San Francisco. I'm worried. I would be. And start brawling on the pier uh, out there in San Fran. I mean, look, I have a history of pointing and laughing at people as we were discussing, but that's because people deserve it sometimes. Um, no, I, like, look, I think you're right. Like, this is part of what we know about Tyree Hill. So we'll see if what the NFL wants to do, if anything. But um, I think you are, if you have guys on your team that have this sort of a track record, I think you're holding your breath until the season starts for sure. What are your expectations for the Miami Dolphins? You know, it's, I think they're going to be a team that has a ceiling of like 10-ish wins and a floor of, especially if things go wrong for any team, it can get really bad, of like four or five wins. That's again, if anything goes like catastrophically wrong. We were talking about Tua, the quarterback position, all that kind of stuff. But like, I like what they did offensively. I think Mike McDaniels is a really good head coach and offensive play caller. I, I think the ceiling or the floor of Tua's play is raised by being in a system like this. I just think them, like the Jets, like any team that's in that range in the AFC, they're just going to suffer from a conference that is just bloated with a bunch of teams that are really close to one another in terms of the way that they're rated. So I, I think nine and a half is right on. I would tend to think they're going to be about a nine and eight team kind of coming out of that division, playing AFC opponents in the divisions that they're going to face. And its I don't think it's going to be a reflection on how good or bad they are. I just think they're up against it just like every single one of these teams is because this is going to be a conference that's going to cannibalize itself. It's going to be insanely tough. Yeah, and for that team in particular, you hate to say it, but so much is reliant on the health of their quarterback and sure. what ends up happening with Tua Tagovailoa because we know when he was on the field last year, he was great. Mm -hmm. That offense was clicking. It was really, really fun and exciting to watch, but then it also got pretty scary to watch um, with his concussion issues. So. I mean, I guess they have, at one point, franchise quarterback of the New York Jets, Mike White, playing backup. So. Speaking of the New York Jets, let's play a quick game here. Oh, I thought we were going to do Steph... the other news. What other news? Oh, you guys didn't see this? I was surprised Steph didn't include this. What? 
The Lions' new helmets are sick. You're so annoying. Are you, did you see these? <laughs> oh, they're awesome. I have not, actually. I have not seen them. Oh, dude. They're bad. I think they're great. What even is that? Did it's somebody? Did someone draw that lion? Yes, that's, that's how it works. No, but not super like not. Stretchy, not, not I, I mean, not arm. an artist. Did Jared Goff draw that lion? I like it. I, I I like the color. I don't know if I like the lion itself. I'm not stoked by it. Nobody ever is. You guys are never. Well, happy. here's what Steph did include in the rundown. So we're gonna play a quick game of respectful or rude, and we're gonna start with the New York Jets and their new quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. He is fourteen to one. To win MVP this year. Four-time winner. A team that stacked high expectations. Is it respectful or rude? That number, considering his resume. I think it's rude to everybody else in the running around him. I don't think he should have the short odds to win MVP now. Okay. So, I, look, look. I, we've, I've made my feelings known on this. Like, I think Aaron Rodgers improves the Jets. I don't think there's any question about it. I think the improvement that Aaron Rodgers makes and the people that are getting excited about it ignores what the rest of the conference around them looks like. The Jets, again, kind of what we're talking about with the Miami Dolphins. The Jets could theoretically be better, but also just finish like 9-8 and eight and barely get into the postseason because of the rigors that they're going to have in facing their divisional opponents and facing their conference opponents. And I think that might not lend itself to an MVP-type season for the New York Jets uh, quarterback Aaron Rodgers. So... I, in a roundabout way, I'll say rude because I just don't think it should be this short. I don't think it should be right behind Jalen Hurts or others. I get that it's the sexy new toy. I get it's an offense that he's played in, but I think we're kind of ignoring the hill that he would have to climb in having success given everything around him in that conference. Tied at 14-1, to 1, by the way, with Tua Tonga-Vailoa, who are we just talking yep. about, as well as Trevor Lawrence. And, I mean, he is 39 years old as well. But good to note the last time that he won it, because he has won the honor two of the last three years, despite the dud of a season we saw last year. The last time he won it, he actually opened in the preseason 25 to one. So significantly shorter number going into this year. Um, any, like, is there an MVP bet you like? Is there a long shot that you think's interesting? I mean, tell you this, you want to talk about rude. I think it's rude to have Justin Fields. Is he really 18 to one to MVP? I think what's rude. That's insanity. So that's insanity. I think what's even more rude is that Trey Lance is a shorter number than Brock Purdy, who's the presumed starter for the yeah. San Francisco 49ers. I think that's rude. I mean, I would argue, I think the argument for that, at least, I'm not saying I would bet it. I think Trey Lance, if he's successful, his style of play will lend itself more to an MVP resume, right? Explosive plays, rushing touchdowns, all of the, like all of those things kind of put together would be a little bit stronger. I would agree with you. We don't even know if he's going to be the starter. Yeah. So I don't know why and I he mean, would either have way, they're, uh, they're two guys that are still coming into the season off of injury, mm -hmm. like, and I, I don't know. I just Here. think it's odd that if you have two guys that are coming off of injury, one of them is already being said that he's going to be the the starter as long as he's healthy to go week mm -hmm. one. Like, you would want that. You would think that guy would have the shorter odds. Yeah, I think, so I'll give you, I'll give you an interesting one in terms of MVP. And really, I don't think you make this bet, but I think there's a possibility we've actually talked about this team. So I'm somebody that thinks that because their schedule's easy enough, that the Jacksonville Jaguars could get the one seed in the AFC. Again, not think they're going to win a Super Bowl, but take advantage of an easy schedule and maybe have a record that does not represent exactly how good they are. It would put Trevor Lawrence in contention okay. to an MVP. 14 to 1. All right. Also, I don't, don't think I would it. touch Deshaun Watson to win an MVP. That is exactly what I was thinking like, as I was looking at that odds board. The, po the politics, will say, if you will, of that award, I don't think he would do enough to say, ever get it. Even if he, like, 
improves drastically back to the type of player that he was. The Browns are on the map once again. I just don't see from the public persona that working out. One more respectful or rude. We started with Aaron Rodgers. Let's go to Aaron Donald. 18-1 to to win defensive player of the year. A three-time winner. Is this number respectful to an aging player or rude considering he is, like, largely considered the best in the league? Yeah, I think it's – I guess it's – can I do both? I mean, just – Here's the thing. We get like the voter fatigue deal. There's a bunch of good young defensive players that are coming up that I think would steal a lot of the thunder. You know, we can talk about voter fatigue and the fact that sometimes it should not exist. Uh, but the fact that sometimes M- M- media voters kind of tend to find reasons not to vote for guys who have won the award multiple times mm-hmm. as opposed to vote for them because of their constant greatness. So I-, I think it's right about where it should be. I think when you're looking around and seeing some guys that have potential to win it, um, like if, I'll, I'll ask you, like Michael Parsons, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Nick Bosa, uh, uh, Sauce Gardner, I think you could the one guy you could argue he should have better odds than or Max yeah. Crosby, and that's probably about it. Like the mm-hmm. rest of those guys are deserving. Um, we'll call yeah. them not favorites, but deserving guys at the top of the odds board. Yeah, Nick Bosa, last year's winner over Micah Parsons, who also had a tremendous season. TJ Watt got mm-hmm. injured, but we know that um, he's won it before just dealing with injury. So we'll see how he comes back. I think it's respectful considering how bad the Rams are expected to be. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, he could be a bright light there, but if your team is absolute garbage, it's hard to get individual honors when well, the pieces around you aren't there. If they're going to stink, there's pretty good shot that maybe three games left. If they're, like, well out of it, he's like, all yeah. right, like, let's shut this down for this year because I'm old and every single year <laughs> I'm talking about retirement and maybe this is not going to be a resume that's going to stack up because he might play not, he might not play enough games. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got to step aside here real quickly on the Lombardi line, but when we come back, turn our attention to a little baseball as we kick off hour two. Not in Major League Baseball, though. The College World Series rolls on from Omaha. Four teams left in two big games coming up tonight in the semifinals. Or I guess it's daytime, day and night. You know, it's a mixture, I would say. Mm-hmm. But we got that in NBA Draft Talk coming up next. Don't go anywhere. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.